I just want to say first off, thank you to each and every one of you here. I think, looking around the room, I've interacted with at least all of you once, um, and uh, you guys have been a very um, good encouragement to me. Um, I'm early on, I'm, you know, I just turned 20, and very early on in the process, I have a lot of schooling left, but uh, you all have been a great um, encouragement and have really strengthened my um, just will and uh, motivation to keep going and to um, pursue the ministry. It's just been a great time here. I really enjoyed it. I'm saying this like I'm not going to be here this school year. I mean, I'm going to still be here. Um, but I just want to thank you all. Thank Mike and Diana for uh, letting me crash at your house um, and impose for three months. And uh, thanks, Zach, for allowing me to do this, um, for taking me under your wing. And we'll get started. I wanted to start tonight just with letting you know a little bit more about myself, um, about my story, about I don't really have a, a calling to the ministry story. Well, I read a book about how that's kind of incorrect to say, but um, I just want to get you a little bit more of a context into how I got here. And so I started feeling interested in the ministry in my junior year of high school. I went to a Christian high school, and they really uh, encouraged going into the ministry, and I kind of just blew it off for a lot of my life, and I was like, nah, no, not really interested. Um, but I started feeling really drawn in that direction. I loved to teach. I was um, always tutoring people in school, and I was really interested in teaching something, um, math or maybe uh, the Word of God in church. So I started asking questions, started getting more involved in my church at home, and I was able to be the guy that kind of led the service um, outside of preaching. I was able to do the prayers, do the announcements at the beginning, um, and I started having people come up to me and say, hey, you really should think about being a pastor. And once again, I was like, that's a nice gesture, but I'm sure um, that's not what I want to do. And um, so I was continued to go on like that. I got more opportunities to share in school. I was in a lot of leadership positions um, at school. I got to share um, through uh, National Art Society uh, speeches and um, different um, open mic opportunities at chapels and things where I got to share my testimony or um, what God had been putting on my heart recently. And my classmates started saying, man, you should really think about becoming a pastor. And you did really good up there. And um, I was like, no, nice gesture, but I'm not interested. And so I was about to head into my freshman year at Cedarville, majoring in civil engineering. And I was really gung-ho about that. And I the day, the day before classes started, I was just like, I just don't, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I just don't belong in this area of work. I just don't want to do this. I know that what I really want to do is I want to teach. I want to do something teaching. And so I ran to the registrar the day before classes started, and I was like, please, please, please get me out of this and get me into something like math education or um, biblical studies. Can I do both? Is there any way I can do both? And they said, well, the only way you can do both and not be here for 10 years is um, to do math education, and then you already have a Bible minor, so you'll be able to do both. And I said, okay, cool. And so I went my first year, my freshman year of Cedarville as a math ed, math ed major, and um, I really enjoyed that. It was a good time, and I love math, and I love teaching math, so it was, it was the best of both worlds. And um, But I my desire to 
um, be involved in ministry grew stronger than my desire to be a math teacher. And um, I got more small group kind of involvement. We have discipleship groups on campus I got to speak up a lot in. And um, I had friends. A lot of my friends were in the MDiv program. And not a lot of my friends were in the math ed program, mostly because I was like one of the only ones. But um, we, uh, my friends started saying, you should really think about switching your major. And I was like, nice gesture. I don't think so. I'm kind of already here. And then over the summer, I was back in my home church doing what I usually did, you know, led service with prayer and announcements. And my, um, the, the pastor that is very close to my family, because he married my mom and dad, preached that Sunday. And he s- talked to me after the service and said how much of an honor it was um, for me to, uh, for him to do this with me um, that particular Sunday. And he said, you have a lot of pastoral skill, and I think that you should consider going into the ministry. And coming from him, it hit a little bit different. And about three or four years of saying, hmm, nice gesture, but no thanks, I kind of was like, I, maybe I really should consider it. And um, there was one other big moment in my, in my decision-making process that actually happened earlier in high school. Uh, we had a chapel speaker who was a pastor um, come up to me after the service. I was putting my guitar away from, I was in the worship band at, at school, and um, they, he came up to me and said, hey, uh, I don't really know who you are, but I was just, I was sitting in front row during chapel, and he was like, I was just thinking the whole time that, I don't know why, but I just feel like I need to tell you to um, go and do what um, God is doing in your life right now. Um, and there, at that point, it was kind of working my heart to push me towards teaching. And I was just like, you have no idea how much I've been struggling with this right now. And so those two interactions were probably the most um, influential in my decision-making process. And then after I switched my major um, this past year, at the beginning of my sophomore year, um, it was a pretty hectic time, but a lot of people here were very supportive of it. Um, Tammy, Becky, Casey, they've known me for my whole life, and they, um, well, Casey hasn't, but Tammy and Becky have, and they were very supportive. They loved it. They were happy for me. I remember going out of my way to tell Mike, um, we were right about in that pew or so after service um, one day, and I told him, he uh, had a really good conversation with me, encouraged me, and prayed with me. And then it took me about a month and a half to tell Zach, I don't know, I I just kept on missing him after service for some reason, or he was surrounded by a crowd of people. And uh, the first thing coming out of his mouth was, do they find internships for you? And um, I said, well, no, I have to find my own. And he immediately extended me the offer of um, doing an internship here. And I was very ecstatic and said yes a couple months later. Now a little bit more about my background and my experience in ministry. You heard a little bit of it, but I've never really preached before. So that was a big thing for me. Um, I taught in chapel my senior year during COVID. We had Zoom chapels, so I hardly count that. Um, I've been able to give a few biblically-based speeches. In the freshman year of college, I was able to go back to high school um, during breaks, and I gave a short devotional at our sports awards banquet. I gave a brief devotional at my school's alumni chapel, but that was about it. And I'd never been taught inductive Bible study in my life. Um, I had never been taught how to preach, how to prepare a sermon. Um, The preaching at my home church was always short, topical, um, story-based, about 20 minutes long, And so I had never really experienced or been taught good preaching. But when I came here my freshman year, I came on Zach's third Sunday, 
and I immediately fell in love with his preaching. I had never heard exegetical, really good, explain the text, apply the text long enough to where you get the, get everything, but not long enough to where you're checking your watch or something, and it was just really good preaching, and I loved it. And it had a big impact on my spiritual maturity uh, through my freshman and sophomore year. And it was that it was kind of like the third interaction, those two I had in my life, and then my third interaction was getting really good preaching that helped me kind of draw me to um, the ministry and switching my major. In addition to not preaching ever before, I never really had done much ministry work in general. I had done VBS at my church a couple times, and it was never in a teaching role. And I had done some puppet ministry at my church as well. Um, That was probably the closest I really got to anything really involved. So um, now we're going to move on to my expectations for the internship. Uh, There's just a couple. Uh, I expected it to be challenging. Zach had a lot of work planned. He had a laundry list of things for me to do, and I thought it was a great idea. But I was also taking four summer classes this summer, and so it was pretty busy. Um, and it was very challenging on my time, but um, I enjoyed it at the end of the day. Um, I also expected to learn a lot about the pastorate. I had no idea what was really involved, and so I said anything was really better than nothing. And I knew that I was going to learn something. I expected to grow. Looking at the internship and all that was going, I was going to be doing, I know I would be close to Zach, and I was living with Mike, and I really expected to grow in my knowledge and my maturity and in my walk with the Lord in general. And next, I expected to get closer with this body. I had not really been involved here in the two years that I've been here, which is kind of insane to say. Um, But a 45-minute drive one way leads to about an hour and a half of driving and with a lot of work and stuff like that. And with COVID, we had a COVID year. It was just, I thought that was a lot of time to spend on a Wednesday night or um, another Sunday night or something going back and forth. But um, I came here and I fell in love with the church, not just because of Zach, um, but because of the people here. I have never seen such a wide age range in a church, and all of them so tightly knit together, so many families. I feel like everybody's related somehow. It's crazy. Um, I'd never seen that before in my life. And so I just loved it. I loved the environment here, and I thought it was really good testimony of what the church is really supposed to look like. And so... Um, it was not a hard decision for me after Becky and Casey invited me to come here and for me to stay. Um, but I really wanted to get closer to this body because I knew how awesome it was. Um, and now, for the shortest section of the report, what I learned. Um, just kidding. In all seriousness, I really learned a lot. I really did. Um, we make a lot of jokes about it because it's not true. Um, I, I really did learn a lot. Um, it was actually really challenging for me to think about all the things I learned and somehow put them all on this paper, and I didn't. And there's some things that I learned that I'm not going to even realize that I learned until maybe a couple months down the road when somebody asks me a question about something and I know the answer to it or I know how to respond to a certain situation years down the road. And they're like, well, where'd you learn that? And I'd be like, well, back in my internship. Um, so I, this is not an exhaustive list, but it is a list. Um, it is what I was able to brainstorm and think about uh, while I was at my desk today. First of all, the things I thought about while I was sitting right here, um, seeing Zach with his family was probably one of the things that I did not expect to learn that I learned very well. And um, that was just how much of a family man you must be 
um, to be a really good pastor. And that is seen in scripture, um, but it also is just really good to see lived out. And um, they have, he has a really great family, and I had a lot of fun hanging out with them a couple of Saturdays. Um, but uh, there's lots of other things I learned when you work here for six or seven days out of the week, when you live with Mike and Diana, and um, it just happens, honestly. You just, you just learn a lot of stuff. Um, but the, one of the main things, uh, the main ways I learned things was from books. I read a lot of books. I read every single day of this internship. And um, I wish I could explain to you every single lesson I learned from all these books, but that's literally impossible. We'd be here for days. Um, so I'm just going to give you, try to give you a brief sentence or so on each book that I read. Um, some of them I'll probably end up skipping, but we'll, give, we'll go through a few. Um, I read a book called The Path to Being a Pastor by Bobby Jameson, um, which I learned everything from the importance of aspiration versus calling uh, for a person to be mastered by scripture to eldering before you elder to making the qualifications of elder your goal as a person um, to a, I learned a framework of how to make wise decisions in the ministry and even being careful about the kind of woman you marry as a possible future pastor. And this is a valuable book. Me and Zach have talked about it a lot. It is a valuable book for anybody that wants to go into the ministry. Um, honestly, if I wasn't going to ministry, I might read it anyways, just because it's really awesome. Um, second book I read was How to Build a Healthy Church by Mark Dever and Paul Alexander. It takes the nine marks book that he wrote and makes everything really applicative and really practical about how to run a church well. Um, Humility by C.J. Mahaney. I'll read this quote for you. Humility is honestly assessing ourselves in light of God's holiness and our sinfulness. And applying that by looking at the person of Christ, preaching the gospel to yourself every day, by pointing out evidences of grace in other people, and by praying for humility and responding to criticism well, um, and also responding to trials well. Church Membership uh, membership by Jonathan Lehman, really good book. Um, it talks about how the church is an embassy of the kingdom of God on a strange world and how it should be a priority in our lives to be members of a church. The Discipline of Grace by Jerry Bridges. This is probably my favorite book. And that's not probably, it's definitely my favorite book that I read this summer. Um, I learned that, quote, your worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace and your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. Every day and in every situation I need you need to rely on and remind ourselves of the grace of God in the gospel. We need to shower our hearts with it through scripture to let it transform our hearts to be more like him. We need to establish disciplines, commitments, convictions, and Bible-based, grace-driven convictions that are in utter dependence on God to carry them out by the power of his spirit uh, given to us by his grace. Really good book. Next, Liberating Ministry from the Success Syndrome, um, talking about how success is defined by faithfulness, not by whatever the world defines it as. Um, the Truth War by John MacArthur, really valuable, talking about like postmodernism and why that's biblically wrong and how to fight that in today's world. Um, Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan, that really needs no explanation. Uh, many of you have read it. Uh, Light from Old Times by J.C. Ryle, um, really good book, really encouraging book about martyrs and just seeing some of the faithfulness of people that have gone through some really tough things. And I think one of the, I don't have it written down, but one of the um, martyrs, uh, two of the martyrs were tied on a 
post together to be burned at the stake, and they asked for their last words, and the one was um, lamenting over the sinfulness of England, and he said something along the lines of, oh, I'd pray, God, that you would um, light a flame, a light in these people in your sinful hearts and break through their hearts and change them. And then the man on the other side of the post said, take heart, my brother, we're about to light that flame today. And it's just a very, very good book. Good book. <coughs> and then the last one, second to last one, um, Are You Ready for the End of Time? by J.C. Ryle. It's a good book about the end times, very encouraging. Um, and then Deacons by Matt Smethurst and also What Do Deacons Do? by Juan Sanchez. Um, we were working on the Deacon Manual and those were very helpful in um, biblically defining and talking about deacons. Um, I also learned a lot from ex- uh, the examples that the elders set and elders' meetings about how they interact with one another. Um, Zach had a, uh, I think I learned a lot from him and how he asks questions from them um, and how he um, just really responds well to the different things they put forward to um, maybe people disagree with one another and they really work out conflict well. And it's, uh, I learned a lot from their example and just sitting in on those meetings. Um, There's a lot more nitty-gritty in the ministry than I thought. I knew there was a lot of nitty-gritty, but there's a lot of nitty-gritty. Like, there's a lot of detail that I didn't really think about. Some of the things that um, I've heard uh, Zach have to talk about or um, the elders talk about, I'm just like, oh, I didn't really think about needing to think about this random thing that's out in the barn that you might need to get rid of or might not need to get rid of. I don't know. And um, just little tiny things like that that I was like, wow. Or some And some things are more important, but they're tiny. And so... It was good to see that and see how they interacted with those things. I really liked working for VBS. Um, thank you for allowing me to be involved with that. I'd never really been in that involved with the VBS before, and you guys do VBS different here. Um, it is a lot bigger than I thought, and it was great. It was, I, I realized that I liked working with the younger group a lot, and I liked being around them and teaching them, and it was a good time. Um, the pastor's job, even though I already knew that a lot goes into it and it's challenging... It's even harder than I could imagine. Um, just being around uh, Pastor Zach and seeing how much he is doing each day and how hard it is, uh, it's, it's, it teaches you just by looking at it. And I don't even feel the weight just looking at it. I don't feel the weight of what Hebrews thirteen seventeen says where the leaders of the church will have to give an account before God for the souls that they are over. I don't even feel that. I just look at the weight that's on him that I can see with all the things that are going around on the church or just preaching on Sundays. So I, I learned that it's, a, it's definitely a, a, a worthy and high calling and that I should be prepared for that. I had a head knowledge of this, but I became intimately aware of the fact that as a person preaching the word and teaching the word and doing ministry every day, you are still a sinful human that will struggle. I knew that doing this job, the people doing this job are not on a pedestal, um, but I became personally aware of that fact um, that even though I am, was so in deeply involved with the ministry this summer um, that you need to take more and more heed, not less and less heed, lest you fall. And then finally, the final section that I'm, I think I'm going to hit is preaching. I did a lot of preaching. I told my friends how much preaching I was doing this summer for my internship, and they were shocked. They were like, What? Their internships have them just reading. They don't do any teaching or preaching opportunities. Maybe teaching, maybe like uh, Sunday school or something. Um, but uh, I learned a good bit about it because of the fact that I had never really preached before. And so naturally, I learned some. 
I learned a lot, actually. Um, so most of this is straight from Zach, but I also learned some things just in the experience itself. Um, I was kind of baptized by fire, so to speak, and it helped me kind of sink or swim. Uh, it was the first Wednesday that I was here. It was like the third day of the internship. I was speaking on Wednesday night, and that was just really helpful for me to just kind of get in and do it. The best way by, to learn is to do. Um, and then I solidified an approach to preparation when I didn't really know what it looked like before. I was never taught how to prepare, how to present, what to make sure what to say, to like make sure you say your points before you explain them and all, this, all that nitty-gritty stuff. Um, also how to organize a message, um, just all those things I had never really learned before, but Zach helped me through that, and I was very thankful. Even uh, seeing an example of preaching, this is a good one, even seeing an example of preaching that you don't like is still an opportunity to learn and grow, and that was something that Zach taught me that I really was thankful for. He also said after my, um, well, before my first sermon, I think he said this, he said, avoid floweriness like the plague which I really appreciated. Um, it was a good warning. Uh, another thing I learned for preaching was to define things for people, to don't assume they know everything. Sometimes I think um, maybe there can be a divide between the people and the preacher, and he never breaks that down. Um, I, <laughs> Whenever I was thinking about the series for Sunday mornings, we were trying to think through a passage, and it was 1 Corinthians 1 and 2, and I wanted to do that for evangelism, and we were thinking through it, and I sat down at my desk, and I thought about it for two hours, and I couldn't get the organization down. I was like, I can't split this up. I don't know what's going on. I know what's going on, but I don't know what the organization is. And so I went up to Zach, and we sat down together for two more hours, and we couldn't get it. And it was frustrating. It was really frustrating because I wanted, I wanted to get it. I wanted to preach this, this passage, um, the three uh, Sunday mornings. But Zach, and that experience helped me, and Zach, I think, helped me see that not being able to crack a passage and working at it is still so very rewarding. It's, it's God's word. You're, you should take joy in studying to show thyself approved, to just enjoy being able to struggle over it. It's just an awesome thing. So I have a lot of head knowledge about things, and I just don't see them or believe them in my heart as much as I should, which is really scary, honestly. Um, but uh, I am very self-sufficient. I struggle with perfectionism, I struggle with pride. Um, I would work, and I would work at preparing these sermons, and I would pray over them that God would speak to the people through me, and that he would humble me under his word, and that I would submit to it and trust in his work in the hearts of the hearers. And I would think for a little while, after I had the message done, and the slides are all made, and I ran through it a couple times, I was set. I prayed over it. I believe, I believe that I am not a part of this. More like, I know, I know this isn't me. It's all God. It's all him. I know. And then, in the moments before getting up here on Sunday, I was, you know, drinking my coffee in the morning or whatever, something starts to stir inside of me. And I go to pre-service prayer, and it's stirring more. And I'm in my office going over the message again just to make sure I didn't miss anything, and it just keeps on building and then I'm getting my microphone on. I sit in the pew during the first part of the service, and it just really, it's in my heart. It's really strong. And then it hits an apex, and the song's immediately preceding the sermon before I'm supposed to go up. And this feeling, this whole time, 
is God revealing to me my terrible self-sufficiency. Revealing to me how much work I thought I put into it. I thought that maybe my message wasn't going to be good enough. That my message might be missing something. And he showed me every single Sunday morning and Wednesday night as the time got closer for me to preach, he tells me, you think too much of yourself and not enough of me. And I see with most clarity in those few minutes how I am so utterly inadequate to preach the message. I'm so utterly unworthy to present this. I know who I am. I know what I have done. I know, I, I know what I do to displease God each day. And who am I? Who am I to preach this word to these people? And the only thing that keeps me from tearing off my mic and walking out of the sanctuary is the calming, humbling reality that it's God's message. It's his word. It's not mine. And his word will not return to him void. His word is what makes the church grow. It is what we all need. And all he needs is someone who will get up there, not because they have to give a message, but because they have a message that they need to give to these people. And as Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, he says, preach the word. For there is a time coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So the word needs to be preached. That's what I learned. And so God gets me up there and I preach. And I come down thinking, oh my gosh, that was not good. God, the only way that anybody learned anything in that message is because of you. But even that is said in my heart in somewhat of a disbelief. Of a disbelief that it's not going to happen. But then one of you, or one person in the church, comes up to me and tells me how encouraged they were, how convicted they were, and they thank me for the preaching um, of the word and for preaching it well. And then I see it. Then my unbelieving heart, my self-centered heart, sees it completely. It's all God. It's not me. And just what a, what a God we serve. So that was a very important lesson that I learned each and every time I preached. I also learned that I am very selfish. I'm very me, me, me. Uh, I want this for knowledge, for experience, for growth, this internship, you know, learning, me, 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 all me. And as I've gone through this internship, God has slowly shown me it's all about him. His church, his word, his glory. And I learned that there's people here, real people. His people, actually. People that I need to love. I need to love God and his word and I need to love his people. That's it. It's that simple, and it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> I've done a really crummy job in my two years being here to look around me in this place and see the people, to see the need for discipleship, to see the need for teaching, to see the potential in some of these younger men, to see the wisdom in so many of the adults, to see the love of God permeating through this place and to not get into it and enjoy it and participate in it. And so this is what this internship has taught me, is to be more involved here. Because <laughs> it's a great place to be, and it's where I should be. So that's all I have. Um, but I invite you to talk to me and ask me questions if you need to, if you had something specific you were wondering, and maybe I learned it or maybe I didn't. Um, but if you want to ask me later, I am open to it. I'm certainly going to miss this place. Um, as in the in and out of being here. 
Um, I'm looking forward to teaching Sunday school. I encourage you to go to one of the Mike's classes, though. Um, they have really good classes as well, so don't feel like you have to go to mine. Um, I'm going to miss... Actually, no, I won't miss living with Mike and Diana, actually. <laughs> no, I'm going to miss living with Mike and Diana. Um, I will miss that immensely. Um, but thank you all for showing me the love of God this summer. God bless you all. Thank you.